Hey everybody, I'm Katie McDoyle and this is the Detecting History podcast. Hello everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Detecting History podcast. This week we have the wonderful Ross Carpenter, Detector Rost. He's going to be telling us all about his journey, his new journey into metal detecting, how he's been getting on and um, I really enjoy his content and the way he's so funny and also so candid with his experiences. You know, he gives the reality of trying to get permissions etc and how he's been getting on, getting to know his machine all that good stuff. So we'll have Detector Rost. It's been an exciting week. This week we started to reveal the finds behind our doors on the Detecting History podcast advent calendar and a big thanks to Regtons for coming in and providing a prize there and sponsoring us. Um, exciting news, we have our new discount code. So if you go to Regtons to spend any money, you can Detecting History podcast discount code which is DH Podcast. So put that in on the promo code section when you're at checkout. Also, we had the premiere of our amazing new mini series every Friday night, Detectress on the Detectress. So I hope you enjoyed the first episode with myself, Carl, the Mental Detector, and Ellie, Miss Detectress, where we went through episode one, season one of The Detectress. I'm so, so enjoying watching it back again. Um, it's amazing the difference in the way I consume it now that I'm actually a detectorist and the bits and pieces that I'm noticing. So I hope you get to listen to it. I hope you're watching along. Make sure you watch episode two of season one uh, before next Friday's episode comes in. Uh, well, where again, you'll hear from Detector Rost as he's our guest on that episode. Very quickly, I wanted to just run through the ultimate bucket list of list items and where we're up to. If you haven't seen the post on social media, it's a bit of fun. I thought I'd just review where we are so far. Um, we have already 14 items on the ultimate bucket list of list, soon to be 15. Once you listen to this episode, there'll be 15 items on there. But just to run through quickly, um, I'll just run through. We have item one. So this was Grim Bleeper. He placed on a gold Julius Caesar Roman coin. Item two placed on there by Digger Dawn was a gold and ruby or gold and red garnet Saxon cross. Item three, Darren Booth from History on Earth put on a Pilgrim's Ampular. Ronan from Detecting North Wales put on a Knut of Viking coin. I feel like I should have top of the pops type music for this. Item five, Paddy Detects put on a ringing crotal bell. This is the one item from the ultimate bucket list the list I've actually got. So that's awesome. Item six, the mental detector placed on a gold noble coin. Item seven, Magnet Fishing Menace Gary put on a safe or lockbox with money or jewels inside. Item eight, Buffy Winship Bailey put on a gold hoard. Item nine, Sophie, a.k.a. Girl That Digs. She placed on a gold stator. Sam, a.k.a. Samuel Bleeps, put on a gold seal matrix as item number 10. 
Item 11, Emma from M Loves Old Stuff put on a gold posy ring. Item 12, Ellie, aka Miss Detectress, put on a 7th century gold Saxon cross. Item 13, Jake Detects placed a Charles I Chester Mint half crown. And item 14 was Kevin Whitmore, last week's episode, and that was a Viking axe head. There we go. Let me know. Send me a comment. I'll give you a shout out. Tell me how many of those items you've found. I'll be very impressed if it's more than if it's more than two, then wow. Um, I'm just lucky enough to have one. Um, but hopefully some of you out there have got some of these more spicy items. OK, without further ado, let's go over to listen to Detector Ross, Ross Carpenter, tell us all about his history in metal detecting. Welcome everybody to the Detecting History podcast and this week I'm really pleased that we've been joined Detector Rost, Ross Carpenter. How are you doing today Ross? I'm good thanks, very good. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, no problem. So it's D-E-T-E-C-T-O-R-O-S-S-T. There you go, easy for me to say. Um, welcome, it's really great to have you on board. I've been following you for a while and um, also you were recommended by your friend Ellie, Ms. Detectorist, um, and uh, I've been really enjoying seeing your content because you're new to the detecting hobby and I love the way you bring comedy to your posts and your videos but also you're just so honest and uh, I just appreciated even when you were talking about getting your permissions which we'll talk about in a minute and so I'm just really glad you're on and you're going to be really helpful and I'm sure you've already got tips for some of the listeners that are the newer detectorists out there Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun so We'll start off um, just by asking which region of the UK are you in, Ross? Um, well, I'm um, I'm in uh, just near Southampton, Hedgeend, um, small town outside in Hampshire, so South UK. Yeah. Um, mostly detecting in West Sussex and and South Hampshire, so uh, we have Lovely. the groups take us. A fellow Hampshire person, so do you also have the pitfalls of the giant flint when you're out digging? Oh, I would love to get some flint. Um, I haven't found any yet. But <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't really come across a lot of flint, actually. Honestly, I get a little bit of coal here and there, but uh, yeah. But your ground's not full of big boulders like mine is. Some of the fields are are a little bit rocky, um, and and I suppose that's you know dependent on the group and where they where they've got the farmers yes. and stuff like that. So it depends on how how the makeup of their ground is, but. Uh, certainly when I go, cause you know, detecting, um, when you haven't got permissions yourself is limited to the beaches and, and that's just, I find it horrible. Um, it's just so <laughs> It's difficult. Yeah. yeah, it is really difficult. Good stuff. Okie dokie. And as I said in the intro, you've, um, not been metal detecting for that long. So how long have you actually been taking part in the hobby now? Um, well, I started actually around the same time the Mr. Detectors did, which was around February this year. Um, yeah. it was back around the Queen's Jubilee. I went to this town called Botley and there was a whole, you know, all the, the street had Jubilee stuff on and there was a, a dog party at a pub, <laughs> um, for dog, for dog owners. And I took my daughter there and we were chatting to this couple across the table and they said about detecting and it was something that I'd wanted to do. Um, I, I had had a go in 2014. So when I f- very first time I did it, it was December, uh, that year. 
actually a couple of months after Detectorists came out. And I did did a little bit of detecting in my mum's garden and I found loads of bits of rubbish in about 10 minutes. Yeah. And I was, I was just like, oh, this is amazing. So I'd always had this idea of doing it. And then chatting to these guys opposite at the table opposite and they said about these this group called the weekend wanderers which are, is quite a big no well-known group in in the area yes i'm i'm a member oh are you mm-hmm. um i am well they said about it and i thought oh well, that sounds good and i kind of put it on a, a note in my phone and i never picked it up again for a while and then i was talking to mr Detectorist about de- detecting and, and she'd had a detector before and i had a de- detector um, because after i'd found um, a couple of na- nails and old coins in, or not old coins, old new coins in in our garden. Um, I said I yeah. wanted one for Christmas. So the following Christmas, my mum and her partner got me uh, this detector. And it was, uh, I know um, Sophie, girl that digs, said about the, the Chinese detector that you first get. And uh, it was that. Yeah. It had the hardest piece of green plastic for an armrest. Yes. Um, I don't know if if it's possible to make plastic any harder. So it wasn't very comfortable. It uses two huge batteries. It it has this awful monotone sound and that's it. There's no, you know, you can turn it down, but you can't change the tone. Yeah. I I didn't know what disc and sense meant. Obviously now I know it's discrimination and sensitivity, but I didn't know what discrimination was. Yeah. And, um, and I think the problem is with detecting or for a lot of people is they, they, they watch the detectorists and that, makes them think oh this is actually not easy but look at these on on this comedy that is so lovely gentle they can go out and find stuff yeah and then so they probably buy a detector and then as they're waiting for it to be delivered they look on youtube and they see people finding loads of coins and then the detector comes and then usually someone will post on their facebook posts when they say they bought it to say you can't just detect anywhere you've got to get permission because they just assume you're going to go yeah. to the local park. And, of course, when I got this detector from my mum, the first thing I did that when I got back from London, uh, where they live, um, after Christmas, was to go to the park just across the road and walk around. And, um, you know, obviously I wasn't allowed to do that. I didn't realise. Yeah. I walked around. And it was no good anyway because it's such a crap detector that it was just constantly beeping and it was embarrassing mm. it was so loud and annoying and I thought oh there's local kids and I don't want them kicking me and snapping it or anything <laughs> so uh, I just put it in the cupboard and I think that's what a lot of people do is they get a detector find that they can't use it anywhere apart from beaches which they may not live near stick it in the cupboard for approximately seven years and then flog it on marketplace marketplace for about a fifth of the price they bought it for yeah um so it wasn't until this February when finally um Mr. Tectorist uh, and I discussed it and we thought, let's get detectors. So we actually bought something with a little bit more, uh, a bit more of a reputation because the brand of this one from China was www.sieben.com. That's the brand. That's a website wow. in my eyes. So it's uh, yeah. <laughs> such a great make. Um, so <laughs> I, got Garrett. I got a Garrett and, um, and then it was, then we realized you can just go on Facebook and there's Facebook groups and people have permissions and you just, pay a membership and can get out that way so yeah, yeah since february is the short answer to that question 
No, that's good. Your first detector sounds like, much like my first detector that I got for my 40th birthday that shoved in a, a cupboard to the right of me here. <laughs> I need to get out actually and see what it actually is and I'll post a picture of it. But um, yeah, I got my my first detector for my 40th and went out in the garden um, and found a, a, a William III coin. So I was addicted straight away. In your garden? But, in my garden, yeah, exactly. It's an old house, so yeah, sixteen ninety nine. So that and immediately that was lockdown, I was, was addicted. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so immediately I was addicted and like, right, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And um, because I think because it was lockdown, that's a good point. I immediately went on to YouTube and found Digger Dawn and uh, Grim Bleeper and various other folks and watched their videos. And through them, thankfully, through their hard work, because it is hard work. Um, educate myself as you say that oh, okay you, you need to get permissions you, you need to be aware of the treasure act you need to get insurance um and even on the beaches you can't go on every beach you have to go on the crown estates website yeah. and make sure it is one of the the beaches you can go on yeah so there's a lot of work in the background isn't there to understand in the hobby yeah you're right you're right and so then you say you got your um your garret and is that the apex have i seen a picture of an apex on yeah, your the profile apex ace apex ace mm. And and you know it's um, I mean I thought oh this is great you know six hundred and eighty pounds it came with the the uh, pinpointer headphones which I think is Z Link they use to connect Bluetooth connection yeah. so I was like great I got all the kit I had a um, a fourteen pound spade from LP uh, detecting is it LP yeah yeah um, at this fourteen pound spade which I bought with the points that buying the detector had given me. And um, and I think that was that was it for my initial kind of equipment, um, other than you know a bag which contains latex gloves. Um, don't ask uh, some chopsticks and uh, a pen knife <laughs> and things like that. Um, so I went out with that, and and you kind of immediately got this not negativity, but a little bit of a an opinion about Garrett straight away. Um, right, really? Yeah, I, th I think. You know, people had equinoxes and vanquishes and everything else, and um, and the guy was like, "Oh, okay, you've got Garrett." Um, and then they pointed over to some old guy who also loves Garrett, and um, and he said, "Oh, everyone hates Garrett, but yeah, I like it." And that was oh, the first really? first impression. That's I interesting. Yeah. I've never heard that before. I always think of Garrett as like almost the granddad of metal detectors, just because they're so big and they've been around for so long and then again because i've mentioned her already but dawn she's obviously a garrett yes, girl and she's worked her way through the garrets hasn't she and i myself was on a list for a um garrett apex when they were first coming out um and there was a delay for some reason for them coming out and that's the only reason i eventually looked elsewhere and found okay i'll go for the xprx um again it was a bundle that i got through regtons and uh yeah i couldn't wait to spend my money so i took the leap before the apex came out but no yeah i hadn't heard that opinion before that's interesting maybe people the listeners can let us know if that if that is um a wide-ranging opinion very interesting yeah maybe it's just my group but it could be, but it's um, what I was going to say is it's funny that you do get to know people by their brand. And we've said this before, usually people fall in love with the brand and stay with it. And so it's interesting that you could just point out someone and go, there's a Garrett person yeah. over there. And you can say, there's a Mindland person over there. We all do that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, awesome. So then you, you got your uh, 
your detector and off you went on your group digs. You've always mentioned the Weekend Wanderers, mm. um, which is uh, Peter and Sarah, isn't it, that run that? That's a fantastic group. I always love going to their digs. Well, I never joined them, actually, in the end. Did you not? You just went off and um, you can go as members or non-members. I contacted them initially um, and, and said, I'd like to join. What do I do? Because you have to email um, them. They they were on Facebook, but it was an email address you had to send an email to. So I sent an email and then they posted saying, we're not accepting any new members. Um, ah. So I had a look around and found the group who I joined, which is the Southeast Searchers. Ah, that was my next question. Good segue. So <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you went with them instead. Brilliant. And uh, it's nice, yeah. isn't it? Like you said earlier, when you haven't got your own permissions to go on the group digs, it's always fun. Um, and it's great because then you can see everybody else's finds as well as your own, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and then sharing that joy, can't you? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. Although when when you do, again, this is like, the, you know, the thing I'm I'm terrible at metal detecting um and I, I think it's i think i do these kind of test things where as i go out just to prove that the machine works i will just dig up iron and then i just end up keep keeping on digging up iron even if i turn the uh, iron sound off it would be a nice signal and it's still iron so i just keep up keep digging up iron and then i'll pass people and, and they're like oh what you got anything i was like no just rubbish and i very quickly state that i've literally just got rubbish and they say, yeah, same here, same here. And then they get their pot out and it's filled with three buttons, two musket balls, a couple of toasted coins. I'm like, that's not rubbish. What are you doing? <laughs> and it, it, every time I think if, if this is the rubbish that people are calling rubbish, then what is a good day? And um, yeah, yeah so, so that's where they firmly put me in my place. <laughs> Those are the folks that are hoping to get seven hammers in a, in a day. That's probably what they are. Mm. <laughs> but I love the artifacts too. Now, it's difficult, isn't it, as a newbie and you're, you're still getting to know your machine and, as you say, like keep digging iron and then eventually you, you, you hear the tones and, and fall, fall in love with your machine and you become one with your machine. But, yeah. You've got to keep digging. You never know, do you? You never know. No, that's the thing. That's it, exactly. I had a banging yeah. signal today and I actually filmed it. And I was like, oh, this is an amazing signal. 85 on the IRX. It's going to be something good. And it was just like a piece of aluminium foil, something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so it happens to us all, <laughs> even when they sound good. Um, okay, so what do, you, what do you love about the hobby is it for you the history and the anticipation of what you might find mental health what do you love about it um i think it is it's a bit nostalgic actually even though i've only just started it um i really think there's so many similarities between metro detecting and fishing mm. and i used to do fishing a lot do go fishing a lot when i was younger so from the age of 8 to 18 i sort of went every two weeks uh, with a fishing club in London um, and with my dad. My mum and dad uh, separated when I was 15 and 15? No, 1995 when I was 13, 14, something like that. Um, so in the sort of middle of that period of 10 years, I'd been fishing with my dad more sort of part-time and then when they separated, um, it then became the thing that I did with my dad every other weekend, mm. and and the and then the inter weekends in the middle of those fishing trips, it was then me and my brother and sister going around to my dad's. So I got to see my dad every weekend. Nice. And detecting is very similar to me. It's it, it, you know you got to get up early. We all 
we got an early coach somewhere. I hope we don't get coached, but um, I had a flask of tea that my nan would make us. Um, I had sandwiches where her, she'd put tomatoes into the tomato juice that run through the sandwich and made them all rubbish. <laughs> uh, we were freezing cold. But it was us getting to a, a sort of focal, a meeting point with all of the other generally men. Um, and then we'd go off and I'd sit next to my, well, in the swim next to my dad. And it was just, it was just nice just being out in nature. Yeah. And, um, and you could have a day where you catch nothing, same as you could have a day where you find nothing decent. Um, but there could be, you might see a kingfisher or, mm. or dragonflies buzzing around and, 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 and so just being out in the nature, I think I find really lovely about it. Mm. Um, I never really attribute things to being good or bad for mental health. I, I tend to be, uh, I just enjoy things. And uh, but, but of course, there's a lot of positives in, in mental health as well, I guess. And I can see why a lot of people would find that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's like that kind of hunt. And sometimes you get nothing and sometimes you, you find you, you get a good catch or you find a good item. So that assimilation, it, I think it just gives me a nostalgic feeling even though it's a different hobby yeah um and of course then you've also got that similarity as well where at the end of the day you know if you're fishing you've got your keep net and uh whoever's doing the weigh-in will come along swim by swim and they get to you and then you weigh and see what you've caught and everyone sees what you've got and you do this, this kind of same kind of show and tell at the end of the dig um you know when you're sort of packing up to go home so yeah. I, I find all that and and I take my daughter out with me um when she comes to stay so it's it's a nice thing for us to do together and I like the enjoyment and excitement she gets when she gets her finds as well so yeah, yeah. detectorist oh, in the making oh, <laughs> fantastic brilliant oh, no, she's rubbish, she's rubbish but, uh, improve, how I old think. is she <laughs> there you she's go <laughs> not too bad for a 10 year old brilliant yeah awful the- technique <laughs> running around swinging it around in the air <laughs> not quite right not quite right um a brilliant yeah the nostalgia i love that and that quality time then obviously you spent with your dad and that must have been amazing yeah. and then and then as you say when we go out we can uh even if we're alone we then get that show and tell at the end on social media mm. as we've got now yeah fantastic oh, yes yeah lovely lovely brilliant yeah. okay um, so tell me then, I know you have had some success. I've seen it myself on Instagram. So let's start talking about our best finds. And I've seen that you've found a couple of good bits and pieces already. What are your favorite things you've found? I mean, they are literally, you know, I was listening to uh, Carl uh, the other uh, the other day podcast. And I think he was talking, and he, he sort of said about finding, I think the Henry III coin. I can't remember. I think it was his first hammer that he found after four years or something like that. Yeah. But alongside that, obviously, he's got bundles of stuff as well. And so it's that yeah. difficult decision about what's your best find. For me, it's like, what's your best find? Roman coin, because it's the only thing of any <laughs> any age I've found. Other than, I mean, I found a couple of medieval things. And the first medieval thing I found was the spindle well. Well, I think it's medieval. Yes. Um, it might be Roman. Mm. I know they, they um, stopped making them in lead after a certain point so it's it's either late roman or early medieval and and so that's fascinating and for me to find something that is just medieval i mean i love that period of history but so to have something that's just classified as medieval is is great um and then the roman coin and the apothecary apothecary weight i think i think it is that i found in oxford um tiny little square um those are the three best things i found uh, and then other than the Roman coin, 
I've, I've only really had a few other small bits. A musket ball, the, the, I mean, that was, I think, on the second dig, I found a musket ball. And I didn't realise that they only came from the Civil War, which made it 381 years old or something like that at the at the oldest. And I was thinking, wow, this is like nearly pushing 400 years old. And, uh, and so that was, you know, best at the time, but it was only the second thing. Um, and a Vic, yeah. you know, I found a Victorian halfpenny, and a, I think, a, but just any coin I find is it's just lovely finding, just seeing that glint, glint of green yeah. in the in the soil. But but yeah, it's obviously it's a yeah. Roman coin. It's uh, potentially seventeen hundred and something years old. I think it's from about three hundred and five AD. So, um, but I wait to see what the FLO FLO says. Yeah, were were you able to identify it? Was there enough detail for you, or are you waiting to hear back? Yeah, it was. It was a well. I wasn't able to identify. I have no idea who this is. I can't read the the writing because it's you know it's, it's very different to how we write these days. Yeah. But someone in in the group that I was in or on the dig with. So I went out with midweek searchers. Uh, midweek searchers, you you can join for th- for free if you've been on three digs, and I it was the first dig I'd been on with them. Um, so I went along, but because I had only been on my first dig and I wasn't therefore a member, I'm not in the Facebook group or allowed to be. So I couldn't see any of the feedback on the coin that they posted in the chat. Ah. Um, but someone forwarded me the photo and someone had sort of, uh, confirmed or identified it as Constantius Chlorus. Um, and, and so we had a year we could work out from that, but whether it is that or not, I'm not sure, but it was, mm-hmm. it was very, very nice. It was quite big. And it had a lot of definition on both sides. And and it was, yeah, just the only thing I found that day of, of any significance. So, yeah. Yeah. And congratulations on your first Roman. Um, some people still haven't found Roman, depending on the, the area of the country they're in. They, they haven't found any. So well done. And some then... of you are blessed and some aren't, I guess. it's just <laughs> You are blessed, Ross. <laughs> um, and when you find a Roman, there's no mistaking it, is it? The big chunky things generally. Yeah, really and, uh, you just know. Yeah, it's surprising, isn't it? The weight of them. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think it's like copper, yeah. copper, copper or something, but it's copper, copper bronze alloys. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you found a good few bits and pieces and I agree with you. Um, I love finding any coins, even when it's like a crusty threepenny bit or something like that. I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't seen one of these for ages. So I'm always happy with a coin. Yeah. The first coin I found was, uh, I mean, I was just delighted just to see something round because most of the stuff I found is 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 about thirty centimeters long, corner of a bit of tractor, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and, and that has its place, and I love that as well. But um, but seeing the seeing the small round thing, and it was there, I was like, oh my, what's a coin? So I was cleaning it, trying to get as much of this mud off as I could, using my dirting my gloves gloves off to uh, dirty my gloves up to take off as much soil as I could, and I was like, oh, I can kind of see some writing, and it said Willem Second, and. Uh, and then I found out it was a 2013 um, five euro cent from Holland. Oh. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, well, that's cool though, isn't so, it? Even that, it's like wow. Postage, it ten years old. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. Okay, cool. So you've had some good bits and pieces. You're obviously getting there and getting to know your machine. Have you had anything weird that you've just gone? Why was that there? Anything weird and wonderful yet? I mean, that was actually one, you know, the, the fact that this Dutch coin happened to be in the middle of a field in yeah. Denmead in, um, you know, Hampshire, randomly. But um, I, I suppose it was the weirdest experience rather than the weirdest thing I found. 
so I, I went on this dig with Let's Go Digging, um, who you don't, you can just be a non-member and just go along, and they go all over the country. So we were in Oxford, and I was with Mr. Tetris on this day. And um, they had four fields, and, and you they opened up one field at a time, and every hour and a half they opened up the next one. So I think we were on the third field, <laughs> and I'd found this beautiful patch of uh, ring pulls and I, I was having a time of my life there ring pull off the ring pull and uh so it was just the best and 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 i came came out to the middle of the field i, I sort of yeah. looked to see where ellie had gone and saw her down the field and i thought i'll start walking yeah. that way but obviously scanning as i was going but not not proper scanning just quick scan you know as you're sort of trying to catch up some and then i got like this 87 signal and very definite so i was like oh i start digging and i was digging for ages and i was getting going further and further down and the signal was just still 87 like normally yeah. if it's you know sometimes you get um a bit of iron that pulls all over your eyes yeah. and gives you a good signal and then you start digging down and then you realize it's just dropped down to a, a 30 or something but this stayed at 87 or 86 something like that. and um so i was like well, okay i'm gonna oh. call ellie and i phoned her and she refused to come and uh, <laughs> she was she was with some guy who had found a roman coin just near her and so she that was that was more interesting to her she wanted to see if there's roman coins in the area not to come back and find my, my hole so so that was uh you know it was just okay i'll i'll, I'll bury it back uh, bury uh, or put the soil back in the hole yeah and um and i'll do a what three words and i'll come back to it later and i'll make her come back to this hole and um and funnily enough, yeah. the guy who found the Roman coin is uh, Get Out the Floor, who's on Instagram, Get Out the Floor. And um, and so we've kind of, he recognized this particular set of photos I posted yeah. um, from that day, because he was there unbeknownst to me. And then we, we found each other on Instagram later, just randomly, um, recognizing a recognition. So anyway, so um, I went and caught Ellie. We, we went back and I said, look, I found this strong signal. Can we just go and check it out? So he checked it out. And we started going down and down. And then there was this um, dug down, dug enough soil out. And then there's suddenly this upturned sort of cylindrical piece of pottery Ooh. that was kind of like quite ornate, ridged. Um, it was sort of white and apricot in color, different colors. And I thought, oh, this looks really old. Probably Roman. I said, it's probably, you know, to me, it was probably a roof tile and there was a house underneath <laughs> yeah. um, if we dug deep enough. And she's like, oh, my God. And, and so we start digging and digging, and we're trying to get underneath it. So I phone the admin, and they drive over in their Land Rover, and they all jump out. And then and you'll see in the pictures uh, that I posted, there's, you know, a few people in the pictures stood around. But there was about a dozen people at the end of it yeah. who'd sort of come wandering over if we dug deeper and deeper. And then we found this, um, got down, and then the trowel kind of hit, and it felt it felt plasticky, but almost lead like a lead, like a lead sheet over the top. Yeah. So I was yeah. so you start scrabbling away at the soil, and it and it turned out it was a cesspit lid. Oh. So I literally had found. <laughs> but of course, there's still that part of me that's thinking, right? Can we just still take the lid off up and just make sure there's not a hoard underneath? <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that, and and so that was that was the weirdest thing. And then the next week, very next week, I went out digging with Southeast Searchers, my own club or group, and. Um, and I got a really good signal again, and it was on a, an old path that didn't exist in the field anymore, but had been there before. And so I'm, I'm digging it and digging it, and then I find this rust colour, rust colour, and uh, you know, obviously I, I recognise rust everywhere I dig because I find so much iron. Yeah. 
Um, oh. But I call over the um, the people who run the group, and again they drive over. I get another dozen people around watching, and then eventually we got down deep enough to realise it was a water pipe. So two weeks in a row, <laughs> but I had a whole crowd around. And um, water pipes in both cases, or water related. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, third time lucky. You know, the next time it's going to be the horde. So make sure you keep digging. (laughs) Maybe I'll get an actual latrine. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, two two occasions, but yeah, everybody would dug that for sure. So you did the right thing. It's just. Well, that's it. That's it. You yeah. know, there was a big stone on the on the second one on the water pipe. There was a huge stone on top, and um, and I know there'd been, uh, I think in that same area there'd been an axe head hoard found previously, Ooh. and they bury bury them and put a stone on top, or so they, right. they thought. Yeah. One said. So with that stone being there as well, it was like, well, let's check it out. But, yeah. Uh, Got it. Yeah, just a water pipe to the nearby farm. <laughs> Well, definitely third time lucky. I'm granting you this wish. It's going to happen. <laughs> you deserve it. You deserve it. Brilliant. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing those weird and wonderful tales. Um, you never know, do you? I did go out once with a um, a mate and he had similar. He had like a signal and it was just the classic that he'd been in such a rush to get detected and he hadn't changed his work boots and he had his uh, steel toe caps on. <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah and that actually happened in real wow. life you see the meme of it online um some guy that's dug down 30 feet or something and he's got his steel toe caps on but this actually happened but he didn't um he didn't dig for ages he just suddenly realized because he was just getting signals everywhere and going what's going on what's going on it was he hadn't changed his shoes so funny so funny <laughs> yeah it's the same with rings and the pinpointer as well yes i um i've got my obviously my wedding ring and my engagement ring on this finger and i usually have a little ring finger there but when i go out and bracelets i usually have but when i go out i take that off so that i got the dirt in this hand because otherwise i'm going to be setting it off and not finding anything in that hand it's little things isn't it you have to remember (laughs) okay then ross um tell me do you know or do you yet have a favorite history era yeah i think so i i, I mean um i know uh, the mental detector said the same that you know history at school it wasn't really that interesting i, I always loved the second world war just because of the blitz and and videos my mum had that we watched and stuff like that so i always loved that era but as i've kind of gotten older and read and um and visited places just the anglo-saxon viking period uh i find it absolutely fascinating um but yes. it, it really fluctuates some you know i can i can get hooked on victorian stuff one day and then it'll be elizabethan england if i don't know the, the film elizabeth the golden age comes on um then it'll go back to medieval more medieval and the, the idea of you know it's so interesting the black death and and that kind of just the massive difference between the mm. poor and the and the rich um and then I like witch finding. Yeah, I, but I have phases of sort of getting obsessed with things. So, like, I, I love The Last Kingdom on Netflix. And oh, yeah, I've not seen that. It is so good. It's, I mean, it's um, it's quite bloody, but it's, 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 there's a lot of true to, like, true, real names used in the Vikings that, were, that invaded. And it's basically about King Alfred and him wanting to, to form the United Kingdom because at the time it was, 
four or f- uh, five or six kingdoms. So you had Mercia and East Anglia and, and Wessex, obviously, Northumberland. Yeah. And so it was about uniting them. So instead of having one king who ruled those areas, it was uniting them and having one kingdom and the United Kingdom. And that was his dream. Yeah. And and so um, the last kingdom is about this uh, guy, Uhtred, who lived up in Be- Bebenburg in, in Northumberland. I don't think he existed, but all of the family members mentioned did. And he's a warrior who was a, taken by Vikings and brought up in as a Viking. Oh. But then swore allegiance to King Alfred. And so he's kind of bound to defending Britain against the Vikings. But equally he's like a he's got Viking knowledge, so he, he's able to tell the British how to defend against or the Saxons how to defend against. Uh, the Vikings and stuff. So I get obsessed and and I start to like buy stuff like tankards and uh, I bought like wooden bowls and wooden cutlery and, you know, um, tins of meat to, to eat in my bowl <laughs> at work. And uh, I sort of throw myself into things. So I get all obsessed, obsessed all by it. I think Yeah, that Saxon period is probably it. Yeah, fascinating period. A lot of uh, guests recently for episodes that have come out and not yet come out have said the same thing as well. And I was talking to M Love Stuff and um, she's a bit of a gamer. So the Assassin's Creed game Valhalla, that's really good. And yes, like you say, have you? Cool. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. as you say, there's various different TV things. And, you know, some of it is um, true to life and history and historical records and a bit of fiction in there. Some are really well done, aren't they? And very accurate for everything we know that happened at that time. And it's a great way for me personally to learn that way. I I take it in well when I'm watching it or listening to an audio book or something rather than sitting there reading. I kind of know it for about three hours and then it falls out of my head somewhere and forget it all again. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favourite monarch or emperor or ruler then in that case from that same time period or someone else completely? I'd actually probably go probably Charles the <laughs> third. <laughs> Our new king. Not really. Not really. Uh, it's, it is King Alfred, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I live not, not too far from probably 15, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes from Winchester. And as you come yeah. in, you've got a statue of Alfred straight away. Um but I didn't really know much about Alfred prior to The Last Kingdom. I, I remember, I've actually got it here, the, um, when I was at um, school, you could collect vouchers on, um, on, on cereal boxes. Yeah. And then you could send off and you got this Weetabix illustrated history book. So this is from 1989. And, and there is a, like a timeline on each of the open page, you know, on the two-page spread. There's a timeline, timeline that weaves its way through. So it talks about the Vikings coming and King Canute trying to stop the water the sea and the, and there's not much of a mention of, it says like Elf, alfred the great born and then the only thing about mm. alfred is is about how he burnt some cakes in the or burnt some bread rolls in the when when sheltering <laughs> with a saxon woman who scolded him so so he wasn't like talked about much at school at all and but now you know, i sort yeah. of realize the significance he had back in that at that time so uh, yeah i definitely would go with that mm, yeah i'm not far from winchester i know exactly the statue you're talking about it's a fantastic statue have you been to the great hall there where they've got the um replica round table up on the up on the walls Oh, is that in That's Winchester? in Winchester, yes. Yeah. So if you go to the other end of town and up the hill, they've got the um, the old prison there that you can go in, which is fascinating as well. And there's old prisoner oh. graffiti and then the Great Hall as well. So very much recommend a trip there. You'll love it. 
Yeah, I will. Yeah. Definitely will. Cool. Okay. Good choice. I like that. Um, so going back to detecting now, and we're going to talk about, and this is again why I love your account on Instagram, how about getting how or how do you go about getting your permissions so what have you done so far and i know you've had um, some good efforts already in trying to secure some of your own personal permissions yes yeah, it's, it's been it's been quite a, a fun frustrating journey i suppose i haven't you know it, expended so much effort i haven't been out every you know week or anything like that but a couple of people saying you you just need to go and get some permissions ellie being one of them and um and so i sort of Went out, I thought, right, I'm going to go out and just do it, just knock on doors. And I, I used to love delivering leaflets as a kid. And um, and I never felt that intimidated going to deliver leaflets because even, even, you know, where I lived, which was in uh, in Hertfordshire, mm-hmm. um, just outside North London, it, to be honest, there's not so much affluence in, in that sort of area. So houses are, there, there doesn't t- t- tend to be so many big houses. But the most daunting thing of all is going up to this. Obviously, you're going. You know, I'm, I'm driving. I'm literally driving down the road, and and I'm heading out towards Botley and and Bishop's Waltham, which are really nice areas, and loads of land. And you're driving past, and I just see like a field. So I think, right, where's a house that probably owns that field? No, I'll just try this one. So I just knock on the door, and then I, I sort of go up, and some some old guy comes out to me. And we have a little chat at the door, and that's very nice. Um, but he's like, oh, I've only got this bit of front garden here, which I don't think you'll find anything but junk. Um, so but he said, if you go up and turn right, you, you'll, there's a there's a guy or a farm, and the landowner there owns most of the land, we think, behind us, and, and so on. So, okay, great. So I go up, the, up this lane. I come to this um, little lane, he says, and I walk up. And there's all these, uh, these geese or something. I don't. They're, they're, they're geese, but they've got like a pink frill on their head, something like that. And they start. It's like an alarm. They start honking at me. I <laughs> oh. make such a racket. I'm like, oh no, shut up! I'm like backing out and um, <laughs> eking my way back down the path. I think, oh no, this is, and it's you know, of course I've come after work, so it's like six thirty in the evening, and so people are having dinner as well. I haven't thought of that aspect of it. Yeah, but I'm like, well, I've already driven here. I'm gonna have to just bite the bullet. So I, I come back out in that lane, go up the hill a little bit further, and then there's a turning. And this is the bit I was talking about the leaflets for. When you've got these big houses and they've got obviously a lot of money, you sort of put you. There's a gravel drive, so your feet are crunching straight away. Oh, shut up! And then they've got like a double garage, and then like a and the cars are parked, you know, in a double garage or outside on the gravel before the gate to get into the house. And you open the gate and you start walking down the path. And because I, th- I don't know if it's affluence means you don't need curtains because you're looking out over lovely land. They're sitting there. They've just got their, their window completely bare with no <laughs> curtains. And so you start walking up the path and all the kids are there, all the, you know, yeah. the kids of the family and, and the mum and dad are just sitting there looking at you as you walk up. I'm like, oh, this is so, so in your face. And I sort of, I thought, well, I can't back out now. I've got to walk all the way to the door. And the kids are sort of up at the window, knock on the door. Going, who's that? Who's that? Oh, I know. So I knock on the door and, I'm, and he answers. Um, and I'm just now, I'm already on the back foot. I'm already embarrassed for the situation. And so 
I don't come across probably the most confidently, but I sort of explain the situation. He says, oh, we just rent it. If you go up the road, then there's a farmer there. Da, da, da. So I, I carry up the road, and then I come to these beautiful houses with sort of eight-foot-high gates, intercoms. So I go up to the intercom of this. I think, which one's – obviously, this is the best house. This is massive and huge gates. So yeah. I'll, I'll just go for that one. So I, I do the intercom. And this lady answers. It phoned through to her, to her phone, which was just a new thing for me. I hadn't thought that could happen. So she's answered her phone. Yeah. She's not even there. She's she's um, I think she's in the shops or something. And she said, "Oh, I'll, I'll tell my, I'll phone my husband, and he can open the gate up so you can walk up and see him." So now I'm inconveniencing <laughs> people. So her husband starts to open the gate and I walk in and it's this winding path. Again, it goes right by the front of the house. And he says, no, we don't have too much land. So, but try someone else. He does. And he puts me up the road and I go up the hill and there's a, uh, a, a sign on the door and another gate and another intercom, but he doesn't answer. I phone the mobile number, no answer. And it's starting to get dark and I come back down the hill and and he said, he, apart from that one, he said someone just behind him. So I, I thought, well, I'll just see if that's the house next to him, he meant. I walk up to the house. Yeah. And this rude, this guy comes comes out of his door. And again, it's you're so exposed. You're just walking on their property, mm. exposed as anything. And and I walk up to this guy and he comes over. And I said, oh, hi, I'm uh, a detectorist and I'm looking and I'm trying to do my smiliest voice. <laughs> and I explained everything and he said and I said so basically I'm looking for to, I'm wondering are you a landowner would it be okay for me to text and he said uh, yes I am and no you can't okay and I was like oh yeah all right rude so <laughs> so now I'm like angrily plodding off um and I had one final uh stint that day so just as I as I got back to my car someone had come out to ask to say oh you should really tuck it in more and I said oh I'm so sorry I'm just asking for permission to detect and he said oh have you tried that guy and I said yeah he said yeah he won't say no he won't say yes will he and I said no no I think he might be a <laughs> local cantankerous neighbor and he said yeah. well come in and ask um we'll ask this lady I've forgotten her name now but um she owns the her family owned the fields at the back so she might be up for it so he calls her name and she's not there but I thought that's great because I can use her name next time and say, oh yeah, yeah. Um, are you so-and-so because um and I've got his name as well he said that you might be, and, and she said no as well when I came back. So, so, um, so that, but what, that day I went back, she said no, but I carried on further up the up the road, and I thought I'm just gonna just knock on it a few more. I'm already here, but it's so embarrassing um, leaving a voicemail to basically a gatepost. Yes, people were driving past, and you're just talking at a brick wall, literally talking to a brick wall. Um, anyway, I knocked on one lady and she was very kind and um, and she took my number and she said, well, my husband actually has a detector and his friends are always saying, why don't you go out, come out with us detecting? So I'll pass your number to him and, and see what happens. So anyway, nothing happened for a few weeks. And then and then he phoned me and he said, that, um, oh, you spoke to my wife and I've got a friend who owns a farm on the way to Marwell, uh, place in near winchester i don't think he meant the zoo and he said once the sweet corn's been cut um yeah we can go out detecting together so so it kind of has resulted in nice. not a permission where i can go myself but at least it's an opportunity to to go out digging 
Nothing's yeah. coming in yet, but um, and funnily enough, this morning I had um, a bit of a busy this busy morning. Went to the gym and then I went out and popped my leaflets up. Um, so I've done some hand hand drawn leaflets with myself, a yeah. picture of myself printed on them. So I printed those out and I I went to five or six post offices in again reasonably affluent areas because you obviously want landowners to see it. Um, put put five or six up in post offices and and uh, Costa Coffee and things like that today. So I've done a, a few more leaflets today. Fingers yeah. crossed it'll come off. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. One of the first permissions I got outside of the farm where I live, I um, put a little advert in. So there's kind of like four villages and they all get together and have this little monthly magazine. And it was like 20 quid oh. to put an advert in it. So I just got like a little, you know, two by two inch advert in there with my number on it saying you know historical surveys and detecting and free jewelry finding service um and from that i got quite a few calls actually people that just had maybe one or two acre paddocks but they wanted to to know what might be under their feet and so that was really fun so that's another tip and i like the fact you've done the leaflets and putting them up because we all sort of stand there don't we in the queue looking at the uh the board with all the business cards on and everything so yeah you'll you'll probably get some people from that that's brilliant well, well done you and that's that's really brave as well and you got out there and you did it and uh it's coming to something which is great so well done you thank you and uh, i'm sure lots of other people are following suit as well it is nerve-wracking i've done oh. it myself as well oh. you do feel exposed you're right you're just kind of like oh i'm just here basically asking for a massive favor yeah well i'm doing it naked as well so i'm fully exposed in every way possible well that that kind of does make it a bit more awkward ross it makes it really awkward yeah especially in the garden <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh so um have you had any issues when you've been out detecting apart from finding water pipes and um cesspits <laughs> and things like that <laughs> no not really not really i mean you know the only issues i have is how many kilos of iron i'm putting into my tesco bag for life uh, and taking yeah. it home i take it all home um so that uh, my daughter and I can clean it up and take photos of it. And, and I can use it in Instagram posts later on. You know, uh, yeah. I know you've, you sort of mentioned in one of the podcasts recently the the fact that people put their hand out with all their hammers on it. And so I did a, a mock one of those where I put the iron and the ring pulls and yes. all the tat I found. So um, <laughs> so there's there's all the weight I'm carrying around in my backpack. That's, that's one issue. And I suppose uh, stubble and going out in shorts for some reason and getting my shins all cut up from the stubble, that was, uh, that was yes, also pretty horrible. not advisable. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even in the hottest of days, I always have the trousers on, um, not just the stubble, but also I don't want any ticks or any Lyme oh, disease course, yeah. occurrences or anything ticks. like that. So, yeah, yeah, you have to be really careful. And they're so tiny when they first get on you, you just have to be really careful. Check behind your knees, everybody. Check behind your knees. My legs are so pale, though, that I don't think they'd recognise there's any blood in there. So I think that's fine. <laughs> They'd be like, we're out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Um, have you got any advice for any other new detectorists out there? What would you like to say to them? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, one of the things I've started to do lately is to do a little bit of research before I go out. Not on what history is local per se but more to see what the, the, the land looked like prior to you know recent changes in in the borders of the farmland and things like that so there's this website 
which is NLS, November, Leo, uh, November Lima Sierra, dot, well, one of the dots, dot com, dot co, dot uk, dot gov, I don't know, but you can just Google NLS and it gives <laughs> you side-by-side maps. So you can get the uh, an yeah. 1881 map and then overlay the, today's map and you can see how vastly different the field you're digging in has changed or is from from back then and you can see where all the paths are and so looking where the paths are or where paths cross obviously you can look to see if there was you know potentially it might have been a market spot at some point and or, or, or if there's just converging points people might meet there so so i've started to do that each time i go out now the biggest thing for me is just being positive um whatever whatever happens on the dig whether you find nothing or or find stuff Mm. just enjoy it and and if you don't find anything take the positives from from the day whatever they are you know even if you found a load of junk um your your machine works um or you know that it you 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 maybe dug out dug out 30 bits of iron um and your battery is only one notch down so now you know you can charge it fully and that will last you for three digs so take the positives from it there you go yeah you know obviously if it's been raining or whatever uh, you know horrible weather freezing cold and you found nothing maybe you finish early so go to the pub and enjoy a drink after or or a carvery whatever so just take the positives and enjoy the, the day and and i suppose the, i suppose the the key thing i would say is don't expect too much so if you watch detectorists or youtube you will be you have your expectations inflated um and actually and if you speak to people you'll have your your expectations inflated as well because they'll tell you about stuff they found and show you stuff they found but they've been digging for 30 years some of them and that's right and so they're just so in tune with their machine so yeah if you go out and uh you might go out 10 times and find only a couple of toasted coins but that's fine because it's just a learning curve and and you can just be lucky as well you can you can just walk over the right spot and likewise you can walk over not walk over the right spot Mm -hmm. so absolutely take the positives yeah i love that how lucky are we that we can do detecting and we haven't got other things to worry about absolutely right we're going to move now on to the bucket lister section ross so Mm -hmm. first of all i'll ask you about uh, if you could just tell us about one or two things that are very high up on your own personal bucket list that you'd love to find sometime soon and then we'll move on to ask you which item would you like to place on the ultimate bucket lister list for our listeners after i found the five euro cent coin probably if i found a 10 euro cent coin that would be a dream eh? (laughs) double or quits yeah no i think i think uh, an Alfred, a King Alfred hammered coin would be amazing. Um, you know, it's my favourite monarch. It would be a hammered, which I haven't found yet. I want a full one. I don't want a quarter or a half because I want to see the whole picture, please. And uh, yeah, that would be that'd be stunning. Yeah. I was looking them up on online yesterday, actually. Uh, King Alfred hammers, and there was one on eBay for five ninety nine. And, and of course, it was a replica because <laughs> then I saw other listings that were eight eight thousand nine hundred pounds for one. Yeah. Things like that. So I don't know. It would be a, it would be a great thing to keep. I, I don't um, I don't envisage trying to sell any of my things. Although I'm fine. I, I have I think if people find stuff and sell it, absolutely fine. Um, it's their their thing to, to they found it. They can sell it. Do what they want with it. Um, but if I did find it, I would probably still keep it. 
unless I needed money badly. And, and then it would be a commodity, a, a valuable asset that perhaps I could cash in in the future. But I, I think I would probably want to keep it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you want to keep your first hammered if you can. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's hope you find that soon. I'm looking forward to seeing your silver dance that day when you find that. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as the ultimate bucket list, I know I know that a gold state is already on it. Um, yeah. And and I would have said that first first off straight away because uh, a friend of mine, the one who actually he was is a member of uh, SES, the group I'm usually digging with, but he was the one who told me about midweek searches when I found my Roman. Um, he found a gold stater, um, and he's a lovely guy, Mark. This guy, Mark, and he he said he was just detecting this field, and it was tea break time. And he was just walking along and then he just, for some reason, decided to divert across the field at this particular point. No reason. It wasn't, you know, at the end of the path or anything. He just literally, at this point, along the path, around the perimeter, he just thought, I'm just going to cut across. And as he cut across, he scanned and about two meters in, he found his stator. Mm. And I think it's it, they're just so beautiful. You know, you see other people posting their status on their, um, on Instagram and they just look so chunky and well-defined and everything else. Mm. Um, I'll probably, you know, in, in, in line with keeping up the comedy and taking the mick out of myself, I'll probably make one out of mashed potato and, and bake it <laughs> so it's hard and post that. I love that. But, um, but as a gold state is already on there, I don't know. Can, can it be on there twice? I don't know what else to put. No, I think you need to choose something else. I, I mean, one of those Saxon, like that thing that was in the in Detectorists when they pan under the soil and they've got that kind of amulet thing with a shiny Ooh. front. Um, a Saxon amulet. Yeah, something like that. Okay. We can put that on. We've had a Saxon cross, which Ellie put on, gold cross. And we've had a Saxon golden ruby cross. Um, but we can totally put that on. That covers a lot of the Saxon bases then, doesn't it? Yeah, all Saxon. <laughs> we all want the Saxon, absolutely. Yes, and if you have a look and find a picture, um, then I will put that up when I put up the ultimate bucket list of list so people know what you're talking about. We'll look it up and put a picture on, and then I can do a little piece about it in the midweeks extras as well. This is where I look stupid because there's no such thing as a Saxon amulet and uh, <laughs> can't find a picture for love and money. No, you're good. Great. And we haven't got that on yet. So that's perfect. <laughs> I had to check myself then as well. Right. Brilliant. Thank you for putting a Saxon amulet on the ultimate bucket list. A list. I think that is item yes. 14 or 15 now. So we've got quite a list going now. Um, and a few people with a couple of the items on the list. So I think... I think I've only got one, a, uh, a whole ringing crotal bell. Everything else has eluded me so far. So <laughs> we will get there. We will get there. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Ross. Have you got anything else you want to mention? Any promotions, any shout outs? And uh, who would you like to see on the podcast coming up? Okay. So obviously my Instagram is uh, Detector Ross, as we've said, um, with Ross instead of the wrist part of wrist. Yeah. Um, I. I don't know if it's allowed. I've um, I've just set up a, a management training company with two friends at work. Could I just mention? Yeah. Promote away, yes. Okay, so we've set up a management training company for online remote courses called Mint Grove Training. So um, yeah. that, I was also putting leaflets of that up today as well with the detecting uh, ones. 
um yeah and we're just trying to get people to the website and uh and hopefully book courses you know we've only just started out so we're still um early days but yeah brilliant well done you that's always exciting with something new building up so yeah absolutely go and check that out everybody ross it's been a pleasure thank you so much i wish you best of luck and uh yeah i think i'll probably bump into you on one of these digs and one of these club digs sometimes yeah yeah, because we're always in the same location by the sounds of things if you see a mad woman in a baseball cap running towards you it's me don't be scared (laughs) (laughs) you might come around when i think i found an amulet and it turns out to be just a, a crowbar yeah crowbar pit lid something like that (laughs) awesome well thanks again russ you take care and i look forward to hearing about all of your fantastic finds on the next series thank you very much cheers katie lovely to be here take care bye bye there you go that was the wonderful ross carpenter aka detector rost on instagram ross is one of our guests in rotation on the new mini series that's on every Friday, the Detectress on the Detectress. So you'll hear Ross again next Friday. Uh, make sure you're there to hear us review Detectress review, Detectress season one episode two next week. Okay, that's the end of this week's episode. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we have partnered with Regtons. So Regtons have now given us a fantastic discount code. If you go to Regtons to purchase any accessories, coils, etc., you can expect a 10% discount if you use the discount code DHPODCAST. So it's DHPODCAST. Uh, discount doesn't apply on the DS2 or any of the big detectors, but it does apply on coils, accessories, books, all of that good stuff. So get over there and save yourself some money for your Christmas presents. I also wanted to remind you, talking about Christmas, that we have our Etsy store for official Detecting History podcast merchandise. Uh, we are selling, um, so get in there before we sell out. You want to go over to Etsy.com and you want to go to the Detect history podcast shop so the address for that is etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash detecting history pod finally we have our patreon if you want to get the main episode and the midweek extras episode a day early go and sign up to our patreon it costs as much as a coffee so if you buy me a coffee or a beer in real life go over to patreon sign up and you'll get those episodes a day earlier than anyone else plus some additional random content when i post things on there Uh, to do so go to patreon.com forward slash detecting history podcast And finally, the last way we're trying to get some funds in to be able to keep the podcast going to fund all of the wonderful production that we do. um, I'm asking you again, if you'd buy me a drink or coffee, please do so. Um, You can pop over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash detecting history podcast. So again, it's the price of a coffee. It will really help keep the podcast going into 2024, which I really hope to do so because I've really enjoyed it so far. I think you are too. I will leave you now until next week. Uh, Lots to look forward to. Make sure you check out the Advent Calendar every day to see if you are a winner. Also, make sure you check out the Midweek Extras episode on Wednesday. And of course, the second episode in our mini-series, Detectress on Detectress, on Friday. Have a great week. Bye. (laughs) 